0: From Vermont Digger, I'm Mike Dougherty. This is The Deeper Dig. Today is Friday, June 1st. Back in April, we published an investigation into the Vermont Lottery. We found that some store owners and clerks and their relatives were claiming winning tickets with remarkable frequency, and they were winning huge sums. Just one example, Penny Durant, claimed more than $300,000 during a period when she worked at lottery retailers around Hardwick. We found over a hundred others with similar stories. All of this was uncovered by a reporter named Katie Savage, who started out with just a hunch.
1: I actually heard about lottery issues in other states. I think that what really triggered my interest was Boston. In the Boston area, the similar sort of findings were found by another reporter there. And that sort of prompted me to look at Vermont's findings. I mean, before I even started working on the story, I really didn't know anything about the lottery myself. I had never purchased a lottery ticket. Um, I didn't know that the lottery had all these games. Jackpot, the newest fast play pro game from the Vermont Lottery. The new tri-state jackpot instant ticket from the Vermont Lottery. And all these scratch ticket games you could play, I did you know there was such a thing as like online and instant tickets.
0: Fast Play Progressive, featuring new
1: three-card poker.
0: With prizes up to $50,000, you could win up to (laughs) $10,000. Please play responsibly. Please play responsibly.
1: I sort of also learned about second chance wins that way, where you can um, re-enter your lottery ticket, for a second chance at winning. Enter the Vermont Lottery second chance drawings and you could win the top prizes for selected instant tickets and more. Actually, these people that I spoke with sort of explained the lottery to me quite a bit and they helped me sort of understand the lottery itself.
0: Katie, I'm curious what it was like for you. You were working on this project for, I think, about a year. Mm -hmm. How did it develop for you? Like, were there a couple of key moments where you realized that maybe this was more obvious or more of a pattern than you had initially expected?
1: Yeah, back a couple years ago was my first set of data that I requested, I think. The first set of data just had the winner's name and the date that the ticket was claimed and the type of ticket that they won. You know, you could tell from that initial data set of something wasn't quite right. There were names that were winning way more frequently than others were winning, it seemed like. The Lottery Commission didn't give me where these people were getting their tickets from, like which store they were getting their tickets from. So I had to combine two separate sets of data. But what I initially did when I just had that first data set was I just called stores in the area where... I knew that people were buying their tickets from. And all I knew at that point was just the town where the ticket had been purchased.
0: Could you kind of walk me through one example of one where you see some kind of anomaly and then dig a little deeper on it? What does that look like in process?
1: Well, with Penny, for example, Penny Durant, I definitely could see right away that she was winning far more. You know, she was one of the biggest winners in the entire state. And I think that she won more tickets than anyone else and so she really prompted my interest initially I figured out that she was getting these tickets from a store in Hardwick but I initially didn't know which store so I was calling up these stores in Hardwick and just sort of seeing if anyone had known of this
0: woman you just call them and say hey do you know Penny Durant and they say yes or no
1: yeah pretty much that's how it worked for a lot of them um (laughs) and um one of them did. Gillis um, Burrow did know Penny Durant. He owns m M&M Beverage and he sort of gave me a lot of her background and how she used to be an employee for him. It was sort of a challenge because initially I was just sort of poking around and like calling all these places and then it was sort of like I didn't really have a story then and I knew I didn't really have a story and I You know, I didn't really know how to sort of get this accurate data. So that was when I had this thought, well, maybe if they won't release this information, maybe I could request it a different way. When that happened, things became a lot more clear.
0: (laughs) What did you do differently? Like, how did you go about requesting this other set of data that you didn't have access to before?
1: They were telling me that the name of the store can't be combined with the name of the person who purchased the tickets. So basically what I said to them was, okay, all I want is just the store name where tickets were being purchased from the date and the type of ticket that was claimed. And then I was actually sort of surprised that they gave me that second set of data. Hmm. This was at a time when I was requesting some other records from them as well. So I don't know if this sort of just got, you know, lost in the shuffle and they just were sending me things. And this is just one of the things. But yeah, things became clear um, after that. But I had already done so much of the legwork on it because I had already called many of the people who were appearing on the second set of data. I sort of already knew where they were getting their tickets from and where they had worked and what their sort of history was. So it wasn't too surprising. It was just more of like confirming where these people were purchasing their tickets.
0: You kind of already knew what to expect, but you were able a little bit better to prove it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: In terms of the connections that people had to the lottery outlets themselves, how did you go about saying, you know, this person was related to a convenience store owner or this person had been a part time employee at this time or that time?
1: That was, again, just by people knowing each other. Luckily, Mm. even in these really small, small towns, it was just calling up people and saying, hey, do you know this person? And one person would say, oh, yeah, she used to work here. Oh, yeah, she lives down here. Or, or, you know, some people would say, I don't know this person, but their sister works here, for example. So you could sort of see a pattern happening that way. And I also used like Ancestry.com to sort of see who people were related to. And sometimes store owners or their family members were purchasing tickets from their store. So there was a lot of that sort of stuff going on as well.
0: And as you started to find some patterns here, how unlikely were these wins? Like how much were people really beating the odds here?
1: I contacted statistics professors and they said that they're sort of winning off the charts and that you know it wouldn't really be possible to win this frequently given how much they had spent on these tickets, I mean, they would have had to spend much more money than what they were probably spending or what they could spend. So that was sort of striking to me.
0: And you had taken some of these findings to state officials also. What did they say when you brought up these patterns?
1: They didn't seem too surprised or, you know, not surprised, but they didn't seem... You know, they sort of shrugged their shoulders and they didn't really seem to care too much about the issue or seem to think that it was too big of a problem. So I don't know, it was sort of it was sort of strange having a conversation with them, I guess. They, they said that these people just play a lot and they just win a lot.
0: What was the tone of that conversation like? I'm curious just kind of how they responded to you coming at them with really specific examples of what's happening here.
1: They didn't really say too much about it, to be honest. They sort of compared it to buying Hey topper, the popular brand of beer and um, saying that you know people who work at a store sort of get this type of beer first because they work there, and that's not really fair. And it's he sort of compared that to lottery people who work at a store getting their tickets first before anybody else. It was that sort of comparison and that sort of tone, I guess, of the conversation it was it was a little bit strange,
0: <laughs> yeah, I kind of had trouble. Understanding that because th- they're comparing it to something where there's often a really limited supply, but you know, it, it doesn't seem like there's a limited supply of lottery tickets. Like if they all have the same odds of of being winners, then it seemed like that comparison wouldn't totally apply.
1: Yeah, exactly. It was it was weird. <laughs> That's all. That's just strange.
0: <laughs> After we published Katie's story, the state did take action. Governor Phil Scott asked Danny Raycheck, the director of the Vermont Lottery, to look at the system's integrity. Raycheck declined to comment for now. But the governor told us this week that an initial version of that report didn't reveal any wrongdoing. You know, most of that report has been uh, completed. It's okay. pretty extensive. It's a great, uh, he did a great job, as I, I believed he would do. Sure. There's no initial feelings as to whether or not you think that there's been fraudulent uh, activity uh, with not it? Not from what I saw. And uh, certainly he did uh, the, the investigation. Are there improvements we could make? I believe there are and I believe he identified that. So, uh, so the commissioner did a great job with the, uh, with the review and uh, we'll look forward to the findings uh, and then we'll be able to distribute those to you. At the same time, lawmakers have been advancing a bill that would combine the liquor and lottery departments and they've taken our investigation into account. Subsequent to uh, the underlying bill and report being voted out of economic development, there was a very interesting news
1: story that appeared directly relating to the Vermont lottery.
0: The Vermont Senate passed an amendment that would mandate a separate review of the lottery by the new commissioner. Well, it may be that no wrongdoing has happened, and no one would suggest
1: that. But a story like this clearly raises some concerns about the integrity of the program. So
0: without reaching a conclusion or prejudging, we ask the new commissioner of the newly formed department to do an investigation and report back to the legislature in October I think it's extremely important because I've known people that worked at some of those convenience stores and they could tell me which ticket was a winner before you scratched it just by the code number so I think there are problems when you have people that know what codes to look for uh, are buying those tickets so I would hope it leads to some improvements in how fair our lottery is when people are clocking these against the odds wins how are they actually pulling it off were you able to discern what techniques they were using to actually make it happen
1: i wasn't able to say for sure what they were using i do know you know from other states that there are many scams that happen in other states in vermont some retailers were saying that some Workers used beer money to sort of cover up these tickets where they would take the money that a customer had used to purchase beer and ring out lottery tickets instead of the beer. And that was something that a lot of retailers said they had problems with. Pretty much everyone that I contacted said they had some sort of issue with that. But no, I don't know for sure how these people were winning their tickets.
0: I was going back and reading the piece again today. One of the things that really struck me about it was some of the responses you got from store owners who talked about how selling lottery tickets really is key for them being able to bring in customers, but that they also just kind of are a magnet for employee theft. And that that was just uh, a lot of them kind of said, that's just the way it is. Like they made it seem like this was just sort of the fact of the lottery.
1: Yeah. And a lot of them said that, they didn't even report this to the police. They didn't even report theft to the police because there wasn't really anything to report because they didn't really know how many tickets they were missing that they just knew that they had some sort of a problem, um, with money, you know, being drained from their store. And in some cases it was a significant amount of money and they didn't really realize that there was a problem until, you know, months down the road. And they realized that they had something and they needed to contact the police. Many of them, I think that all of them that I contacted said that they had some sort of issue with an employee taking tickets from them. And like you said, it was just sort of like a fact, like it just happened Um, and there was nothing that they could do about it.
0: Did they suggest that there would be any way around that or ways that they thought that the state or the Lottery Commission could help them mitigate that in some way?
1: I asked about this and they'd said, you know, some of them actually said that they had tried to speak with previous Lottery Commission members about this and they didn't really get anywhere. And it it just seemed like they sort of just accepted it. You know, a lot of these business owners have been in business for, for decades and they just sort of, you know, they know that they have to keep track of their inventory. And they said that that's a, that's a real challenge with these tickets. Some of them even have, you know, outdated lottery machines that they're selling these tickets from and
0: what's the issue with the outdated machines that was one I hadn't heard about
1: this was only I think like a small handful of people who said that their lottery machine didn't allow them to track how many tickets that were going in and out of their system every day and I think that these retailers also had an option they sort of have an option to buy you know more equipment like they could buy some of them purchase video cameras and just put them right at the register to watch their employees. And some of them caught theft that way. So I think there's just so many challenges for them with keeping track of, of their tickets and their employees.
0: I was curious, too. I mean, some of these people you've written about have won, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in ways that, you know, might raise some eyebrows. And you called them and talked to them. What was it like for you to talk on the phone with these people like what how did they respond to you a reporter reaching out to them and asking these questions
1: surprisingly most of them were pretty willing to talk about it i sort of called them up and said that i'm a reporter working on the story um i saw that you won a lot of money and i was you know i was genuinely curious um so i just said you know how did you win this much
0: did it help you at all understand why people play
1: um not, you know, retailers would tell me that it was just in front of them all the time, and that's why they purchased tickets. But no, not really. I didn't really get an understanding of what what made these things so um, attractive to a retailer. You know, some of them sort of, it seemed like they were just bored in their work. Some of them were looking for just something to, to do, I guess.
0: Have you played since you finished this reporting?
1: I actually did. I I bought a pick four ticket, which is what Penny Durant won a whole bunch of. And that ticket's actually very confusing. I still don't understand it, but maybe someday I'll win as much as she does. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I take it that was not a winning pick four.
1: It was not a winning one. No. (laughs) Sorry. I have yet to be so lucky.
0: Well, thanks, Katie, for your time. I really appreciate it.
1: No problem. Thank you so much.
0: Find Katie's full investigation along with our ongoing reporting about the state's reviews of the lottery system at btdigger.org. Thanks to John Young for additional reporting this week. The Deeper Dig comes out every week. Search for it and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll get new episodes as soon as they land. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Digger newsroom. Have a nice weekend.